name is Catherine Hidalgo and I am a reporter here at Ninefin. Today we're going to be discussing aggregate and I've got my editor Chris Haffenden here with me. How are you Chris? Kat, I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thanks so much for being with us today. So this is uh, the second in something of a series on Adler, the German real estate business. But today we're going to be talking about aggregate. So what is aggregate? Can you set up the situation for us? Uh, Yep, sure. Um, Aggregate is the largest um, shareholder in Adler uh, with 26.6% stake. Um, There's actually lots of historical connections between aggregate and various businesses that Adler uh, was combined from. But aggregate is effectively sort of three strands to its business. So there's the 26.6% Adler stake, which gives it a dividend each year of around about 15 million. We also, it also has a stake in another Austrian real estate business called SIMO, which is about 11% stake. Um, but the main sort of businesses it has are sort of four property developments in Germany, quite sort of heavily Berlin focused. Uh, one is called Cartier Heiderstrasse. Uh, first, which is something that was bought uh, in July this year, which was bought from another German real estate business called Vivion, which we'll go into a little bit more detail later because there's been some, some concerns about how that was structured. Uh, and also it has a couple of other developments called the Walter and Green Living. So those are sort of property developments which are in early phases of construction and development, and they call that the build and hold business. They also have a build and sell business, which primarily is something called Vic Properties, which is um, second largest property developer in Portugal. And these are sort of mostly second home residential properties. So aggregate has traditionally been seen as a sort of leverage play on Adler, given its ownership stake there. Um, But why are people so interested in aggregate now? If Adler goes into stress, then it puts aggregate into distress. But I think there's quite a lot more to this than just looking at uh, the connection to Adler. I think there are some interesting elements to what's actually happening at Aggregate because Aggregate, common to some of the other deals that we've seen in European high yield on the German real estate space, you're really on a lot of these deals actually funding the development of residential and commercial real estate assets. Uh, and the question is whether you know that's really an appropriate use for, for high yield and what are you actually really pricing in the risk that you're taking on this on this sort of development. So what we've seen from a sort of price perspective, Adler bonds have sort of traded down from sort of high 90s into the low 90s ahead of a short seller report which uh, landed a couple of weeks ago. It's why everyone got very excited on Adler uh, and then Adler sort of then traded into the, sort of the high 70s, low 80s and sort of rebounded into the mid to high 80s in most of the deals. Aggregate has collapsed. So Aggregate managed to do a 100 million private placement bond tap in late August um, when the bonds were trading around 98. They're currently trading in the mid to high 50s. That's obviously at very, very distressed levels. So why have prices on the Aggregate bonds done so much worse than Adler? Um, I think it's because where Adler has quite a large portfolio of yielding assets and they've been talking constructively about selling a portion of that portfolio and effectively then just reducing their overall debt burden and the view is that they are able to sell properties above book value, that there's actually um, a bit more certainty regarding recovery to bondholders. The fact is if if there isn't too much overinflation of the assets and fraud that's been alleged by Viceroy, 
in the short seller report, there's the, the view that you would be covered on Adler by the um, you know, by the properties if they were sold. I think with aggregate, it's much more of a pure development play and that there are question marks about whether this business is able to fund itself through that development phase when you will actually see significant revenue coming in. For most of these properties, that's not really going to happen until at least 2023 and most of it's going to come in by around 2025. You mentioned earlier that um, how Agrigar actually got the stake in Adler in the first place was quite interesting. Um, so there was a business called Consus, um, which was effectively built around a, a transaction where Aggregate uh, ended up buying a, a majority stake in, in Consus f- from the previous owner uh, for, for, for a pretty small amount of money. So we're talking... Um, I think it was 49 million was the amount that um, uh, was paid for by aggregate. But then that was flipped just months later to to Adler for 800 million. So there's wow. lots of question marks around uh, whether you know that was uh, being seen to be you know a fair value transaction or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in return for that and via a an options agreement, it ended up with the whole of Consus being acquired by Adler, and that meant that uh, in return, Aggregate had that 26.6% stake. We spoke about lots of potential wrongdoing uh, in our previous bonus episode on Adler, and we're starting to see you know, elements of potential wrongdoing here. What's the overview of the kind of situation there? Um, yeah, so I suppose it sort of goes back um, quite some time to uh, an Austrian individual called Servet Karner, who I sort of had some dealings with in the past and the collapse of his sort of level one empire, which was a big German real estate portfolio that was financed by Credit Suisse. Um, our friend Mr. Karner managed to purchase a large portfolio of 50s and 60s East German housing that he was looking to repurpose and uh, relet. And this was... Um, as I said, Credit Suisse, I think, lent in total about 1.2 billion, of which about 600, sorry, 800 million of that was actually securitized, and the securitization ended up um, collapsing. Uh, there was allegations that he took a lot of money out of the business from management fees, uh, and there was a investigation that sort of fizzled out between 2018 and 2020, where there was actually a fraud uh, case brought against Mr. Carner, but he ended up uh, being acquitted, um, looks like mostly because of the fact that there wasn't enough sort of hard evidence to um, to, you know, to just to, to actually convict. So Servet Carner has been alleged by Viceroy as being the sort of the man, the puppet, the man behind Aggregate and, uh, and Adler. And the connection starts off with the owner, the owner of Ad, uh, aggregate, which is Gunter Valka, who is who owns aggregate by one of his uh, by vehicle, but um, as well as having that twenty six point six percent stake in Adler Group, he also has um, just under a twenty percent stake in Corstate, which is a German real estate lender that's heavily involved in providing development finance to aggregate and uh, to Adler. Continuing with the allegations towards both of the businesses, uh, I understand Adler in particular has made some acquisitions that have raised eyebrows. What did happen, um, and this is more related to Adler, 
is when Adler bought Consus and then also bought uh, a business called ADO Properties, which was done by a, a reverse takeover. This actually caused um, a lot of disquiet amongst the holders of ADO Properties, which was seen as being a very good, solid German real estate business that was a rated investment grade. And they effectively felt that by suddenly being handed Consus, which was a very, very large German property development portfolio with, with high risk and then subsequent ratings downgrades, they sort of felt that that was something that um, was detrimental to them and they felt that they weren't able, they weren't approving that and that therefore they wanted to uh, to get an investigation from BaFin into that transaction because they felt that, that the Consus deal was done at inflated value. That ended up not going into a BaFin investigation, but there's potential for that to come back, partly because of the Viceroy report and partly because there is now a German parliamentary investigation into um, the ADO properties deal. But I think the concerns really are over just the, the transactions that have actually been happening between aggregate and Adler and some of the Adler com- complex companies and about whether that's actually benefited individuals that actually are sitting behind aggregate. So some of the larger connected parties to aggregate are related also to family and friends of uh, Servet Kana as well. So And a lot of this comes up in the Viceroy report, which is uh, readily available on Viceroy's website, but you can also get it the link from our website as well. Aggregate has continued to buy development portfolios very aggressively recently. Have there been concerns there too? So there was the transaction that was done in July, which was the first development in Berlin, which was sold to aggregate for 1.2 billion. But the view was that this was probably vendor financed or that there was some support that was put there by Vivian to get this deal over the line. So even though the purchase price was 1.2 billion, the cash element was only 185 million. And Vivian was sort of forced to come out with a statement last week sort of detailing what the rest of the consideration was so there was 220 million of marketable securities which we have assumed were securities which could have easily been converted into cash so I assume corporate bonds government bonds and then also 485 million participation in the project so this is literally project financing that's attached to the project that was then transferred as part of the uh, the consideration the view is that Vivion isn't really being dragged into this into any real extent because they are able to to sell those project finance bonds over time, and it doesn't look like they're um, you know that there's anything untoward about that transaction. If anything, aggregate might have overpaid, but that will sort of come out in the fullest of time. So, thinking now about aggregate and where we are at the moment, what are the problems that they now face? I mean, one of the the issues they have is their exposure to Adler because they have a uh, a book value of their Adler investment uh, as as at the the, the price of the exercise, the option, it's in their books at 962 million. But at current market prices, that's around six, 360 million. So that's a you know, significant impairment if they were to sell that state today. The other problem is that it looks like they've been borrowing money via JP Morgan with, with the shares as collateral. And as the share price has collapsed, um, that has now created a series of margin calls where aggregate has to put up more, uh, more cash, which it looks like it didn't have. Uh, which was then causing some sort of concerns about what the sort of knock-on effect might be. We have seen Venovia come out um, just over a week ago, announced that they are actually going to enter into an agreement 
with aggregate with a sort of 18 month call option so the 18 month call option gives the right to buy Adler shares at uh, a price of 14 euros they're sort of currently at um, around about uh, 11 euros now that is for half of aggregate stake so that is just over 13 percent now this is interesting for two reasons one is that it's this is a significant discount to the supposed net asset value of Adler which is meant to be at 45 euros per share it's also interesting because Bloomberg disclosed last week that they had entered into talks with Adler on a takeover late last year at 28 uh, euros per share but aggregate actually had rejected that so the fact that um, Vanovia are now sort of coming back and are being able to buy that at sort of half their original offer is um, obviously a very very good deal for, for Vanovia it does also raise questions though about whether you know Vanovia views um, the value of Adler significantly below where Adler values it from a, an asset value perspective also what's happened is that there's been a bank loan uh, which has been reportedly this reportedly 200 million that's been given by Vanovia to Aggregate, a game which is actually secured um, against the share stake, and that's actually enabled them to um, to repay the margin loan to JP Morgan. So the question on this is really, why have they been so keen to borrow money against the other stake? But also, why are they uh, were they so keen to sort of take uh, money from Vanovia at such sort of onerous terms? So that suggests that they do have some real sort of financing problems. Right, so what do they have that they need to repay? Um, I think that the main issue that people are talking about is the fact that they do have uh, some convertible bonds, which are due in 2025, but there is a put option from the holders in May 22. So that's 250 million that they do need to, uh, to finance. And if they don't uh, refinance those convertibles and repay those converts, then that will trigger a cost default under all the other aggregate debt. The other thing that is uh, worrying on aggregate at the moment is that they have very little rental income. So there's very little actually uh, coming into the uh, into the business's income to sort of service the debt. They have about 110 millions worth of um, interest costs a year, but they're only getting dividends in from Adler and SMO plus some sort of loan income of around about sort of 75 to 80 million. So there's a shortfall there, and they have some cash on the balance sheet they have cash on the balance sheet of about 450 million as at the end of june but you know that's going to be burning through quite quickly the only thing that they've been able to do in terms of being able to fund these developments and sort of keep the uh, keep the whole thing rolling has been the ability to use the cheap bond financing to um, you know to to raise money um, and from a sort of profitability point of view and also to try and keep the ltv down so they're able to borrow and for existing banks to remain comfortable, then they really are relying on significant valuation updates and book value updates based on independent valuations to say, well, we've now managed to complete more phases of projects. We're starting and therefore they can actually get an upward revaluation of the portfolio, which actually manages to keep their sort of LTVs um, at those sort of levels where they're continuing to able to borrow. You've had a few people express concerns about the LTV calculations. What's going on there? The LTV, similar to aggregate, is the an aggregate and Adler both trying to get that LTV below 50% and both are reporting figures in the low 50s. But if you look at aggregate, they report around about 1.14 billion of goodwill 
and uh, intangibles into their total asset value, which is sort of highly irregular. And I don't think anyone would really think that you should be putting goodwill in particular into, uh, into asset value. Uh, the the company would say, well, this goodwill will eventually be realised by you know the value of the properties as they're um, as they're completed. But I think that's probably dubious. So if you take that out, then you're talking about uh, an LTV of you know fifty two fifty three percent jumping to sixty three percent and above. So that's a level where it com- becomes problematic and uh, you know could be in breach of some of the banking uh, the banking covenants. So. I think the concern at the moment is, you know, whether there's actually going to be the ability to sort of meet some of these um, payments as they come due, and that the, the convertible payment could be the key thing in uh, in next May. Um, but I think, given where the bonds are trading, they're trading in the high fifties. There isn't going to be interest from distressed investors who want to sort of look to buy in here to see if there's actually a potential um, potential trade here. Um, and admittedly, the company does have some very, very positive expectations of uh, rental income and sort of you know, gross development value for these um, property developments when they're completed. It's just that you are at the moment sort of financing that gap between the current financial position of the company in 2021 uh, versus the you know when you're going to get a lot of income coming through in 2025. And also, you do have that potential exposure to Adler. The fact that you know you do have this investment Adler Equity that, you, as I said before, had a you know, a book value of 960 million, and it's going to probably end up um, substantially lower than that if they actually were forced to sell that um, tomorrow. We're certainly following the aggregate situation very closely here at Ninefin, and I'm sure that we'll uh, hear a lot more from Chris on the subject soon. But thanks very much to Chris and to you too, of course, listener. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music and Google Podcasts. And we hope to see you back next Thursday as usual for a normal podcast.